friends. Welcome to the Unlikely Mentors Podcast. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Mitzi. And each week, we'll share tidbits of wisdom we've learned through life and through our rather unusual friendship. Welcome to episode number 71. Hey, Mitz. Hi, Kelsey and everybody. So today, we are starting our next mini-series, and I'm excited about it. We are talking about marriage in this series. And I think I'm excited because, you know, Mitz and I are both married, but we're going to start talking today about elements that make a healthy marriage. And then I think this is why I'm really excited. We're going to interview our husbands. Mm, I... Yeah, and, and I know I'm excited, and I know Dave and Chris are excited as well, right? Yeah. Well, actually, as we're recording this, I haven't asked Chris yet, oh. but I think he's going to be the most excited. <laughs> okay, good. good. <laughs> so we're going to interview them, and then we're going to talk in our last episode about the stages that we go through in marriage and partnership and, and maybe give some resources for those who want to improve the health of your marriage. So we know that... Some of our listeners might be wanting to check out right now because you're not married, but we really think that these things that we'll talk about in this series can really mostly be applied to different relationships that we have in life, and we hope that these episodes are helpful to you, even if you're not married. Agree, Mitz? I totally agree. Okay, and before we start this episode, Mitz, we just want to say that we're going to go through these eight uh, things of a successful parts of a successful marriage and number two gets a little risque so when you're listening you might not want little ears around or if they are around just fast forward through number two yeah Mitz? i agree okay that's our warning to you here we go so let's talk about healthy marriages. In general, um, a healthy marriage includes partners who get along with each other. They like each other. They have the same general goals, respect each other, and they like to spend time together. So Mitz, can you start us out by covering some more specific attributes of a healthy marriage? Yeah. I, if you guys would just look at my own marriage as like a blueprint, I think that's all you'd need to know, right? I think that's it. That's what I do. I'm like, okay, so what do Mitzi and Dave do? And then we'll do that. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Yeah. But ha, ha, ha. And, you know, we would like to have a simple formula for a healthy marriage that, you know, we can give people when they decide to commit to each other. But it's not that simple because people are complicated and we change all the time. But having said that, I do believe there are some basic ingredients that are necessary for a satisfying partnership. The two, and Kelsey and I are going to talk um, back and forth about some of those, but two most notable, in my opinion, are commitment and communication. Committing to a relationship even when life gets hard and then communicating well through that hard stuff is critical. Mm -hmm. Notice I didn't say, and you are happy and laughing and always <laughs> having the best feelings toward each other. Oh, I wish. And yeah, that is not realistic. I mean, we can strive for that, but life gets in the way sometimes, like finances, crying babies, teenagers, health issues, and all the other kind of stuff that life throws at you. And isn't, but, and isn't that the case with all our relationships, Mitz, not just marriage or partnerships, like your relationships with your friends or your children or your coworkers, like... Uh, yeah, uh, communication and commitment. Yeah, yeah, it's key. It, yeah, and what I liked what, as we were talking about this and, and doing a little research for this, I was um, pleasantly surprised that so many of the things that we're going to talk about kind of more specific to a marriage do apply. And yeah. like you said, it's, yeah. it, it's good stuff. 
So we're going to get specific. We did a little digging and we found eight key components that seem to pretty universally be part of marriages and relationships that seem to grow and flourish. So Kels, Mm -hmm. let's go back and forth. Um, Why don't you start us off? Okay. I'll take number one. So number one was love slash commitment. And I actually like that these go together very much because love is, yes, a feeling, but it is also a commitment. And I like to think of it as a choice uh, because you're deciding to stay with that person, even if you don't like them in the moment. And I know we've talked about it in a previous episode. I think the dating one maybe where like, I did not like Chris when we went on a date, and yet we are committed to each other. We love each other through that. Yes. And so so I love that. I, I actually made a sign early in our marriage. I was like into like painting signs. I don't know. And I made it for Chris, and it says, I choose you every day. And it sort of, it seems a little bit unromantic. You know what I mean? Because yeah. like, well, it's, no, I just love you every day, but I it's that's the reality of relationship is it if it if I just went with what I was feeling I wouldn't maybe choose my partner every day but because of this commitment we have we keep choosing each other and we know without a doubt that we will keep choosing each other for the rest of our lives which it's a nice feeling I like that I like that feeling that's yeah that's really good I like that um yeah, love and commitment. It you can't base your commitment on how you're feeling mm-hmm. that day. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so number two, I I chose who was going to talk about what, and so I gave this one to Mitzi. Mitz. Okay, I'm going to try to stumble through this because I have been married for like 40 years, so I mm-hmm. uh, I know all about this. Okay, the next one is sexual faithfulness, and for most people, they would think. Uh, yeah, that's a no-brainer to have a successful marriage. But sexual faithfulness goes so much beyond just the act of sex. I believe that God created sex, well, first of all, for fun, Mm -hmm. but also so that partners can uh, have an intimacy that they cannot have with other people in their lives. Um, it's um, intimacy means closeness, and so there's a type of closeness in this um, intimate act that you can't get in other kinds of um, activities. So, although you have a best friend that you're really close to, and of course you're close to your children, this this is something that's really special that I believe is made for people who are committed to each other, in that it adds to their. Um, their connectedness. Yeah. And you know, and then when you talk about the word intimacy, we can also talk about um, e- emotional intimacy and, mm-hmm. and um, mental intimacy with each other. And, and you know, that kind of all yeah. goes along with communication and all of that. But I just also want to say that with the availability of uh, the internet, it is so easy to get distracted with all kinds of things. And just if we can all put a guard up, in acknowledging that um, people don't usually set out to say, golly, I'm going to go get intimate with somebody else. But because 
of distractions, it happens. Yeah. And unless you have your guard up, you may be going down some roads that you don't really want to go down. So and just I, kind of a... And I'll just say it a little more bluntly that pornography is so easy to find and that can lead to sexual unfaithfulness, even if it's just mentally. Okay. Number two, sexual faithfulness. Good. Uh, number three he is humility and admitting when you're wrong. So this <laughs> one's not easy to look at a situation. I think in the moment for me, I am very quick to think of the reasons why I'm right. And mm-hmm. it takes me a hot second to step back and be like, oh, actually I was wrong in this way. Or maybe it's not so black and white and we were both right in one way and wrong in another way. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. And I think admitting that and then saying you're sorry, which is communication, and not being afraid to just talk about that and, and grow through your relationship in humility. Super important. And I want to add, I don't even know if it's imp- appropriate to add at this point, but when you say you're sorry, you don't get to say, I'm sorry, but you did this. <laughs> yeah, or, yeah. I'm sorry, but if you hadn't of you know, it's just, I am sorry. Yeah. So one time I said, I'm sorry that you feel that way. <laughs> okay, that was that's a pretty cheap apology, but really I that's better than but Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay, okay so four. the next the next one um is patience and forgiveness. And oh my gosh, I am like one of the least patient people I know. <laughs> and I have the most patient and forgiving spouse. Mm. So that's why our marriage has yeah. um, been 40 years long. But So no one's perfect, um, and patience and forgiveness will always be required in a marriage relationship. Successful marriage partners learn to show patience and forgiveness to their partner because if they don't learn that, they're going to end up in a bad place. Mm-hmm. To humbly admit your own faults and not expect perfection from my husband and give grace to him and he to me just uh, adds to the satisfaction with your relationship. Mm-hmm. I love that. Okay. What about time? Okay. So number five is time. And I, although I did assign who was talking about what, for some reason, I got all the ones I'm the worst at. I feel like, mm-hmm. like Chris and I, we do struggle to find time together because we have created this marriage and this life where we are both chasing our dreams and accomplishing our goals and we're coaching and we're doing young life and, you know, all these things. And that is one of the things I love about our relationship is how we really cheer each other on and push each other to grow. But we have to combat that and find the time to connect together. And so there have been, you know, we've only been doing this marriage thing for six years. So we are still learning. But in those six years, we've done this time thing in a couple different ways. And so I'll just share kind of what we've, you yeah. know, some ideas because... Because it's hard. And and when you're in the baby stage, it's really hard to find even, you know, 20 minutes together. So anyways, so at one point we, this was when we were going to therapy and our therapist recommended this. Once the girls were in bed, we took 10 minutes and we um, answered questions about one another, um, about ourselves to the other person. And we had like, our therapist gave us a list of questions, but this is another time when I, we've talked about it before, but the app questions in a box Yes, that 
it's a free app and you download it and it gives you random questions and there's like medium and deep questions and lighthearted questions. So we would go through kind of that and we would spend 10 minutes and that was it. We wouldn't expect more. And then we sort of got out of that stage and we got to a stage where like bedtime was beautiful with our girls and we started playing a game of cribbage every night. And that was really, that was my favorite because we would sit down, we have a, like a running tally of who won how many games We're both competitive. And so we would just play a game of cribbage and that also, we weren't like talking about super deep stuff, but I loved that. You were talking to each other though. Exactly. Spending time. Yeah. And then our girls' bedtimes like exploded and they wouldn't stay in their rooms and they were screaming and blah, blah, blah. And so it it became unrealistic to play cribbage every night because that takes 20 minutes. And so we had to reevaluate and we had to change. And so now what we do, and this sounds funny, but it this was an idea given to me by my sister-in-law's parents. They do this, and then my brother and sister-in-law do this too. But every night when I get into bed, because I go to bed much earlier than Chris, I either text him or call down the stairs, and I tell him I'm ready for bed, and he comes in and tucks me into bed. Oh my gosh, I just I, love, love, love that. It's so silly. I It feels kind of silly, when I'm like, I'm ready to be tucked in, but I also like play it up and like, I'm not a very, um, I don't ask him to take care of me very often. I'm a very strong, independent woman. And so this is one of those times where I like really play it up and like, I need to be tucked in. And Mm -hmm. it literally takes two minutes. It is, I, it truly is a service that he gives to me because he has to like put down whatever he's doing and come upstairs. And that actually means a lot to me because I know I would not want to do that <laughs> in the other, you and, know. And if stairs are involved, it is it's a, a lot. L- big effort. Yeah. It's a lot to ask. And so, Kels, I, yeah. I just think that is so cool that you are, you've told me before that uh, we've, you and Chris have tried this and then it didn't work because you didn't have time. But what I think is great about what you guys are doing is you keep looking for ways to keep connecting and keep making time to make time for yourselves. Yeah. And it's had to change with each season of like, you know, infant newborns go to bed at seven and now our girls are older and they're really not asleep till 830. So it it changed what it looks like changes for us and we have to adapt, but it's important enough to make it a priority. Um, so that was number five. Okay, six and seven myths you're going to put together because they kind of go together. So tell us about those. Okay, so number six is honesty and trust. And those become the foundation for everything in a successful partnership. Most other things that are important in a marriage you can commit to do, but trust is the one thing that takes time. In order to earn trust from your partner, you have to put in the time and the effort, and and, um, and, it, and that will go both ways. Mm-hmm. So if you if you don't feel like you have trust in your partner, or your partner has trust in you, start today. And whether you've been married for uh, forever or you're just starting a new relationship, because that is such an important element of marriage. You need to be mindful of that and start making efforts toward that right now. Yeah, I agree. And I have found that in our six years, if I look back to year one, I had some real trust issues. And that goes way back to other relationships and all the things. But I had I had real trust issues where 
I it was nothing Chris did. I was bringing mm-hmm. that in. That was baggage. Okay. And but since that time of me working to trust what Chris says is true and also him earning my trust because what he says is true. He's not lying to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? I look I look now and I'm like, "Oh, yeah. I have grown so much." So it does take time and I would just encourage someone who's like, "I struggle with this to give it time and keep working on it." Because it it gets better. It gets easier. Good. And and then I want to add that if there was a reason for trust to be broken in your relationship, you just have to be more intentional and more deliberate to make that, mm-hmm. to, to repair that. Yeah. And which goes with number seven, communication, which can lead to trust, right, Mitz? Uh, yes, communication. So I kind of laugh. Because in our, I mean, I've, I've read that women have so many thousands of words that they need to get out every day, and men have like a fraction of those. And I know that's stereotyping, but in our marriage, it's, it's true. I talk a lot, and I'll come home, and I'll start like, blah, 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 blah just talking about whatever. And um, Dave, he likes, to, he, he's a newspaper reader where he actually holds the newspaper, and Sometimes he'll just be looking at the paper, and then I'll have to stop and say, "Dave, did you even hear what I said?" And he'll say, "Huh? Um, yeah." And then he'll he'll pretend like he was yeah, listening. But yeah. but beyond me, like just getting stuff out of my head, out into the air, communication is really like a two way street. If you don't talk to each other and talk to each other about important things, you are missing out on a really special part of having an intimate, uh, healthy relationship. You can't uh, can't just go out and talk about the bills or, you know, your finances or the kids' schedules or or what's coming up next in your your, um, life. You need to talk about your hopes and your dreams and your sorrows and your joys with each other. And if you don't do that, I love some of the things that Kelsey has talked about, like say, okay, we're going to sit down and we're going to do these three questions. And you can go online and get an app and get those questions. I think I had talked about in a previous episode during the pandemic that uh, Dave and I, when we went on a drive, we used the app that Kelsey gave us. And I would a- I'd ask Dave questions that seemed like, well, these are not really important, but things about his childhood, like what was your favorite game to play in the neighborhood? And, and I didn't know that stuff about him, and he enjoyed telling me, and I enjoyed listening. So yeah. just if you don't know how to communicate, figure out yeah. uh, something that you can get and just start there because yeah. it really makes your marriage richer and flourish. It's interesting, Mitz, because I actually am opposite of you. And I this is something I personally work on where like I have to force myself to share things with Chris because I get home from the day and I don't want to talk about school anymore because mm. I've given everything that I have to give, you know, in that sense. And I want to be just thinking about my kids or about whatever. And so I have to work on, no, like, open up and tell Chris that and go mm-hmm. through that. There was there was even a thing this winter that I was going through something kind of internally, and I told a friend about it, and she's like, well, what does Chris say? And I was like, well, I haven't really found the time to tell Chris yeah. about that. And she's like, what? 
are you kidding me? Like, mm-hmm. he, you, Chris needs to be able to support you right now. And you're not even giving him the chance to do that. And so then I found time to sit down and tell Chris. Because I, it is something that I struggle with more than, obviously, like you do, Mitz. Um, so it's well, interesting. I, I, I'm glad you said that because I will say that in our younger years of marriage, when I had something on my mind, I would usually talk to my girlfriends or my sisters about it. And then since we've been together for so long and, and the the kids are out of the house and we're not like putting out fires all the time, I mean, Dave has truly become my best friend. And I now talk to him almost first about a lot of that stuff. And mm. he has he's very wise. And so he gives me really good... I mean, he knows now, like, I will start a sentence with, I just want to vent right now, so don't give me advice. But if I don't say that, then he knows it's okay for, for him to have some suggestions, and yeah. he's really smart. Yeah. But th- I will say we did not do that earlier in our marriage, mm-hmm. but we're doing it now, and it's really fun. You guys are so mature. Oh I know we are. Oh, I love um, it. Okay, let's get to yep. number and eight. And number eight, the last one, is selflessness. So here's the deal. I just don't believe that women are on earth to serve their husbands. And I feel like that was that's sort of like oh. an old-fashioned thing, right? Like the woman mm-hmm. serves the man. I don't believe it. I don't even think that's biblical. But what I do believe is that in marriage, we are meant to serve each other. And it is a two-way street I am meant to serve Chris, and he is meant to serve me back. And in what that selflessness looks like might be different for you know what each other's needs are, and it's probably different in every single relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, but in in this selflessness goes without expecting anything back in return, where I am putting his needs in front of my own, and and that's it. Period. <laughs> his needs in front of my own. Um, Without the, keeping score. Oh, oh, I can't. I can no, no. Listen, it's too much. It's too much to talk mm-hmm. about keeping score. And yeah, without keeping score. And so it is, uh, it's, it actually feels good to be selfless in a relationship. Like I always think, oh, I have to do that. But when you do something for your partner, I think it actually feels good. And then it does. Yeah. It feels extra good if you're appreciated for it. But even if you're not, like, internally knowing that you did that, I love that feeling, too. So, selfishly, you can be selfless. You like how I just did that? There's there's a payoff there, I guess. That's right. So, okay, that was the eight. I, I like them all. I think they are all important, and I think they mostly are all hard. So, Mitz, so many of these, as I was thinking through, like, so many really do apply to other relationships, uh, they like, do. Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. Maybe not that second one that I will no. not repeat, but right. otherwise, yeah. definitely. So really, we hope that everyone, all of you unlikely mentors that are listening have found some wisdom in here. And I also would just like to reiterate and say that Mitz and I are both works in progress. And Mitz, you've been married a lot longer, so you're a lot farther ahead in this marriage mm-hmm. thing. Um, but I love, six years in, I love my marriage. I love how we support each other. And when I look at that list of those eight things, I would classify classify myself as average at maybe three of them and below average at the rest. Like, Like there's three that I'm like, okay, 
I'm okay at that. And then the rest, I'm like working on it, working on it, working on it. And so I I just want to make sure that everyone hears us say that, that there is no perfect marriage. And Chris and I don't look perfect from the outside, so I'm not really concerned about that. But if you don't, if you don't know my marriage very well, like comparison from the outside can be super harmful when we only see the good parts and, you know, mits you and I, it's a fine line because I'm not going to come on this podcast and share the dirt on my marriage or like the ways that Chris and I are struggling right now. But I can look back, you know, five years ago and be like, here's what we struggled with and here's how we got through Mm -hmm. that. So I just don't want listeners to think we're perfect. Uh, we are struggling, and we're happy to share what we have learned mits you in a bit longer time than me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm glad we didn't have to rate ourselves from 1 oh, to no. 10 on each of these. Yeah, very bad. Yeah, But I, I love that we were able to review them. And while Dave's out in the other room, I'm just going to go out and be really selfless and... <laughs> Uh, honest and communicative. Oh my gosh. He's going to really love that communication as he's reading the newspaper, don't you think? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So the next two weeks, we are going to introduce you to our husbands, Chris, my husband, and Dave, Mitzi's husband. And we cannot wait for those conversations. We are bringing them in. Bringing the men on the podcast. We hope that you listeners have an awesome week. Head over to our Facebook and Instagram. We are at The Unlikely Mentors. Hey, we would also love if you left us a review. If you're loving the show, five stars is our favorite. Leave us a a review. Subscribe to the podcast. That would help us grow. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week. Bye.